Folks, what is going on? 47 Foot Friday back for the first time in the new year. Friday, January 3rd, 2020. Not going to abbreviate it because as everyone knows, shortening up 2020 to just 20 can open up a whole can of worms. Uh, if you don't get it, you will. I promise you, you'll hear about it soon. Folks, I definitely appreciate you tuning in. Thank you again for a great 2019. Really excited for everything that 47 Foot Friday is going to do going forward. I uh, actually have a big announcement about that at the end of the show today. Uh, but we'll get into that, obviously, as time goes on. But obviously, first thing I want to start off with, and I do it every week, so it can't be a surprise at this point. Uh, shouting out the place to go for the Bills game this weekend is going to be Amherst Pizza and Ale House. Um, folks, if you're looking for anything to do in the area, if you're out in western New York, get on, uh, get on down to... Amherst Pizza and Ale House. Get on down to Cross Point Parkway in Getzville. They got great hot garlic parm wings that they were just showing off on their Twitter account today. Uh, they got great beer specials. Outside of the beer and wings, you know, they got great pizza fries, loaded tater tots. Um, my, folks, it goes on and on. The wraps and sandwiches are incredible. So, really, if you're if you're trying to just find some place to go to watch the game, that's going to be a you know a great atmosphere, but also give you some quality food and not just have to get by on bar food, get to the alehouse. It's going to be your place to go. Now, that being said, I am going to touch on the playoffs and the wild card games that are going on this weekend. I will dive into that. Um, but first things first, we're diving into the mother-loving Dallas Cowboys uh, and how they have finally decided to officially move on from Jason Garrett. Uh, does not say that anyone has officially fired him, uh, but they've made the decision to move on without him. So, for all intents and purposes, Jason Garrett is gone. As an Eagles fan, I'm kind of disappointed in that, really, because Jason Garrett is what kept the Cowboys mediocre for so many years. Um, in his tenure with the Cowboys, he finished 8-8 eight and eight four times, so he had a 500 record four times out of nine years. Um, he only had one under 500 year. So really you're talking, you know, what is that? Eight of nine years he did 500 or better. Um, but that's also saying that just about 50% of the time uh, or over 50% of the time, you know, they went 500 or below and it that's not going to get it done. Uh, they never made it past the divisional round in the playoffs. They were only ever to win or only able to ever win two playoff games. Um, and, it, and it's kind of amazing, though, because with such a mediocre record, he's the second winningest coach in Dallas Cowboys history, second to Tom Landry. Uh, and it's, to me, something that I think is, it, it goes a lot and it speaks a lot to the family culture that the Cowboys seem to run their organization with. Uh, I mean, if you just look at everything that you've heard, read, uh, coming out of you know the Jones and Jerry world and everything down in uh, you know what is it South Texas? Actually, I don't really know exactly where in Texas Dallas is. That's not important. Anything that comes out of Dallas, folks, is hearing that they run it like a family. Everyone down there is family, uh, from the ownership to the coaching staff and everything like that. And Jason Garrett, I believe, was the first ex-player to go to a full-time head coach um, in Dallas Cowboys history. So. You know, the, the relationship that Garrett was able to develop with the Joneses and Jerry specifically, it, it speaks a lot. Um, 
you're only able to win two playoff games in nine years and you lasted nine years is incredible to me. Um, I honestly think the Eagles would have fired Doug Peterson already if it wasn't for the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, he, he gets this team to win, and by this team I mean Philly. You know, he gets Philly to win when it matters. Uh, you know, in the last three years, when it comes down to it, the Eagles have only lost, I want to say it's maybe one game or two games when, it, you know, when their season is on the line in the last three weeks of the year, uh, 15, 16, and 17. Weeks 15, 16, and 17, not 20, 15, 16, and 17. Uh, and it's just something Jason Garrett was never really able to do that I noticed. Uh, you know, you only get two divisional round appearances, uh, and I'm, you're never able to get past those. Something that, honestly, you put Jason Garrett in any other situation, I don't know if he makes it this long. Um, hell, Freddie Kitchens brought a team of 7 and 9, you know, for a first-year head coach, it is what it is. But I guess when you had Super Bowl expectations for that team and you go 7-9, you know, Freddie Kitchens is already gone. Um, so for that's mediocrity in its, at its finest. And now you've already got a team turning over yet another head coach. And if this one doesn't pan out, you might have Cleveland turning over another QB. Um, so really, this just speaks to the atmosphere that the Cowboys run their organization uh, Jason Garrett, I think, made it three years longer than he should have. I definitely think at the you know the end of the 2017 season, um, he should have been gone. And it's just because of the record. You know, he never got you deep. Uh, I heard, I believe it was Mina Kimes or Mina Kimes, Mina Kimes on ESPN, and she had was uh, she was on an appearance of Dan Levitard. And she had been telling him, you know, Jason Garrett is kind of like that boyfriend that, you know, he never did anything wrong. He never cheated on you. He never, you know, he never gave you any reason to just get up and leave. But he never also gave you any reason to anchor yourself down. You know, he was he was that guy you come home to, you're like, okay, yeah, he, he's nice. I, I have a good one. But you're never really excited to see him. You know, you're never disappointed. But it's just, you know, it's that's all it is, is you're not... You're not upset to be with him. You you just accept that he is a good person. Um, Jason Garrett never cheated on the Cowboys, never tanked the season, never did anything to make you want to fire him, but he never did anything to deserve being here almost a decade. Um, you know, when you have ultimately, what, two seasons, I think, if the math pans out right, uh, four seasons, uh, four seasons where you finish over 500, majority of your ten tenure there, you're 500 or under, like, yeah, it's mediocrity at its definition, folks. It's nothing great. Um, I mean, power to him. He made it last this long. He got some good money out of it. And I'm I'm sure he'll he'll find some kind of gig, I'm sure. Uh, I could see him going and maybe as like a uh, a coordinator in some role. Maybe, you know, a team like Cleveland or New York that could use someone like that. Uh, but I guess that, you know, we'll have to see how, how those dice roll. So <clears throat> long story short. Dallas Cowboys moving on without Jason Garrett. I don't blame them. I'm sad because I enjoyed the Cowboys being mediocre. Um, but to each their own. And I guess we will definitely have to see uh, what the Cowboys do in the days going forward. So I'll definitely touch back on that next week. Um, and I want to make sure that uh, hopefully there's a development in the story before I can come back and just say that ultimately nothing changed. 
break in the NFL action, folks. We're going to slide it on down to NHL. Uh, NHL scoreboard for the day has the Washington Capitals on the road in Raleigh, North Carolina against the Hurricanes. And you have the Red Wings on the road in Dallas, Texas at the Dallas Stars. Uh, Dallas is the minus 320 favorite. Carolina is the minus 120 favorite. Um, Capitals honestly have one of the best road records in the NHL this year, folks. I'm taking the Capitals puck line, money line to win it tonight. Um, I, I think the Capitals not only win this, I think they win it, you know, pretty handedly. Um, they've been on a cold streak lately and I think they snap out of that pretty quick. Uh, Red Wings and Stars, Red Wings are 10, 28 and three, uh, just pretty, just, it's just gross. Um, I, I saw on Twitter, multiple players of theirs. Uh, you know, came out and did public interviews. Basically, um, if they didn't need to pick one player from every team to go to the All-Star game, nobody from Dallas would be going. One of the players, and I really hope this is a joke, but I don't think it was, uh, saw one of the players on record as saying that they did not want the fans to vote for them um, because they would rather have the couple of days off. So, I mean, I don't blame them. You know, Ovechkin's skipping the All-Star game for the days off, and he's going to take his one-game suspension. Uh, did the same thing last year, so I get it. Uh, but it's just funny, you know, how ultimately far Detroit has fallen. Um, but Dallas, you know, 23-14-4, I think this is going to be an absolutely easy win for Dallas. Um, I ultimately just don't see any reason why that game is going to be uh, any bit competitive. Capitals Hurricanes, on the other end, should be pretty competitive, you know, over under 6.5. Uh, ultimately pretty standard for hockey over under i'm gonna honestly personally i'm just gonna think this goes under uh just i've always been a fan of hockey under so i'm gonna keep riding that wave but be on the lookout folks if you want to again you're looking for a place to watch these games if you're listening to this tonight head on down to l house i know they'll have it on uh but you really want to get down there for that bills game tomorrow so uh make sure you keep an eye out for those those are my two cents on those games i think it's gonna be really interesting um, you know, John Carlson for the Capitals, 13 goals, 37 assists, 50 points. It's a decent player to watch. I mean, I, I think that's going to be a pretty good appearance for him tonight as well. Um, I, I just really don't see any reason why, uh, the Capitals can't continue their road dominance. You know, they slipped up a little bit. They fell back a little bit, but I don't see any reason why they can't keep that going. Now on to the dumpster fire that is the 50th anniversary Buffalo Sabres. Fifth in the Atlantic Division, 18-17-7 with 43 points. Uh, you know, I say Buffalo Sabres, it's really the Buffalo Eichels. 2019-2020 team leaders, folks. Uh, in goals is Jack Eichel with 26. Assists, Jack Eichel, 28. Points, Jack Eichel, 54. Uh, I mean, come on. You, you don't have anybody else on this roster that's been stepping up. Olafson's now out for five to six weeks, so that's another leg you're down. Um, it's just, it's really upsetting. I mean, the everyone really thought that the Sabres might have an opportunity to be great this year. No one thought they were going to come in and win the division, I don't think. If you did, you're crazy. But no one thought that they were going to, I think, be a dumpster fire again. I mean, how many, honestly, how many years in a row can you be so subpar? Um, Botterill needs to go. Botterill did absolutely nothing up until last night, uh, trading for a fourth round and then flipping it right back. 
Uh, I mean, that that's honestly, I think, like, the first move I've seen someone in the Sabres front office make in God knows how long. Um, I don't know what it's going to take for this team to ultimately realize that you're going nowhere. Something needs to change. Um, I believe I saw it was on Twitter as well, people uh, calling out the Pagulas that, you know, there's a lot more money in football, so the Pagulas are putting their money in the Bills. They're putting their attention in the Bills, and, and it's paying off. You know, look at the Bills. Bills are turning around a nice, solid 10-win season or, you know, at least double-digit win to get them into the playoffs. They couldn't quite get the division, but the, the team has made the playoffs two of the last three years. The culture has changed. McDermott has absolutely been an incredible hire. Talk about a complete 180 to Rex Ryan. And now, you know, everyone's kind of looking at the Sabres as that team to, you know, to kind of keep up the pace. And I think people were joking about it in the last couple of years uh, that the Buffalo area needs to sacrifice one team for the rest to do well. Uh, you know, when UB's men's team was making it to the college championships or, you know, the college playoffs, they're going deep. Um, even when the women's team was making it to the tournament, uh, you know, the Bills and Sabres were, they were meh. I mean, I guess, you know, Bills weren't bad. They obviously made the playoffs two years ago. Um, but, you know, it was kind of at the turn of the Bills. Um, and I guess you could consider the Sabres as the permanent sacrifice. Um, but for what you're looking at now, you know, Buffalo Sabres are still going to be that sacrificial lamb out in Buffalo. Um, Bills are doing great, but Sabres are just not bringing anything to the table. And, and it's upsetting. I mean, I'm, you know, I want to see the Sabres do well. Everybody in Buffalo wants to, to be proud of their hockey team. But when you're only scoring 2.9 goals per game, letting up over three, uh, your power play percentage is one of the worst in hockey at 17.3%. Um, and your penalty kill is 74. It's not going to do it. And, and ultimately, I'm looking just at, you know, Vivid Seats' most recent post uh, for Sabres-Panthers tickets tomorrow. Um, which, granted, you know, I will chime in and say good on the Sabres for moving their time for the Bills game. Um, but, again, that kind of shows, you know, puts money where the mouth is. Bills are more important right now. Bills obviously have the hot hand. Bills are in the playoffs. Bills are making all the money. I don't blame them. It's a good pick. It's a good choice. Um, but Vivid Seat's most recent post for tickets for the Sabres game tomorrow is as low as $18. $18, people. For literally about the price of a movie, you can go see a hockey game in Buffalo. That is insane. Why go see Star Wars in 3D when you could go see, you know, Ultimately, a comedy on ice. Uh, that's just my two cents on that. I really want to see the Sabres turn this around. I just, I don't know, folks. It is disappointing. Jack Eichel is literally this entire team. The Buffalo Eichels are the only thing they've got. Crap, reason they only beat the Oilers was an OT, you know, an overtime penalty goal for Michael. And he netted it, and it was great. Um, I, I'm disappointed in the Sabres. I'm, I feel for, you know, the entirety of Western New York. It has to go through this, but Jesus, folks, something's got to change in that organization, and I don't know what it is, if it's ownership, um, if it's GM, something. Someone in the upper office has got to make a change. <coughs> All right, folks, that was my two cents on the NHL. I had to get that in there. I was pretty, pretty fired up, and I usually don't get too, you know, too emotionally invested in anything the Sabres do, but 
I'm just starting to f- honestly feel for this area, man. And watching the Sabres just continue to downgrade the mediocrity and even farther week after week after month after month, it, it's just disappointing. Uh, but hopping into some more, um, you know, some more wild card weekend talk. Folks, Saturday, January 4th, Buffalo Bills 10-6 and against the Houston Texans, also 10-6. and Here's what I find amazing about this, folks. The three players to watch on ESPN.com are Deshaun Watson, Carlos Hyde, and DeAndre Hopkins. Nobody's saying any Bills players or any players to watch, and that's cool. That's fine. It's how Bills fans have operated. They don't want to have their players to watch. Silent killers. Let's come from the bottom. Let's come as the underdogs, and let's eat. Um, what I think is funny is Houston is honestly only minus three point favorites and anybody that knows betting and football well enough knows that a three point line is home field advantage and nothing more. This game is a pick other than Houston being at home. That's how you're going to call it. Now I was watching, uh, what is it? The undisputed with, uh, with Skip Bayless watching that this morning, watching Skip's takes on the bills. Now, Skip is picking the Bills, and I, and I think it's smart. I mean, you know, the Bills really can really have a chance at winning this. Um, doesn't surprise me that Shannon Sharp picked Houston because ultimately these debate shows can't agree on anything. But Skip made some good points on the Bills. Deshaun Watson thrives on big play, all right? Deshaun Watson is one that ultimately if he can beat you deep, he's going to do it, and if you're going to let him beat you deep, you're going to lose the game. Um, But the Bills' defense is not susceptible to big plays. The Bills' defense shuts those down pretty good. Um, So, you know, ultimately, if the Bills can just take that away, um, you know, yeah, J.J. Watt is coming back. It doesn't look like Fuller is going to be back this weekend. Um, And so that leaves you with DeAndre Hopkins at the receiving core, the biggest threat. You shut him down, maybe not even shut him down. You just take away the deep ball, take away the big play. I think you got a chance, folks. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, ESPN only has a Buffalo at a 30.7% chance to win. Why not? Honestly, folks, this de- defense wins you championships. Why not be able to shut down Houston, who got embarrassed by Baltimore? Granted, Baltimore's offense is in another world, but, you know, I just don't see why everyone just assumes this is going to be a gimme. Houston has not shown that they are a team that is going to walk, you know, just walk into the Super Bowl. They're going to have to fight for it. And I think the Buffalo Bills are going to give them that fight. And I honestly think the Buffalo Bills are going to beat the Houston Texans. And I, yeah, I genuinely thought that they were going to beat the New England Patriots too. It's a little bit of a heart pick, but if you just look into it, folks, it's not unreasonable. There's no reason why the Buffalo Bills cannot overcome the Houston Texans. Outside of J.J. Watt, all you got to do is protect Josh Allen against J.J. Watt. That's the biggest worry. I'm really concerned that the offensive line is not going to be able to keep Watt away from Allen all game long. And if we don't get to him early, I think they're just going to keep sending uh, you know, sending the pressure, and I think we're going to be in trouble. So, uh, Bills last five, lost against the Jets, lost against New England, beat Pittsburgh, beat Dallas. Um, and obviously they lost a close one to Baltimore. Houston's last five, lost to Tennessee, beat Tampa, beat Tennessee, lost to Denver, beat New England. Um, so both teams are coming off a loss. Which one is going to add to the losing streak and end their season? That's to be determined. 
Um, but that's tomorrow at 4.35 p.m. on ESPN, streamed on ABC. Uh, definitely tune in for that one, folks. I think it's going to be a damn good game. And also, if you are in the western New York area, get on down to Rec Room for that tomorrow as well. Um, that's going to be the two places you're going to want to go. You know, obviously my sponsor is Amherst Pizza and Alehouse. If you're in the North Towns and you want some great food, you want some great atmosphere, you know, a great spot with about 50 TVs to watch the game, go to Alehouse. We are having a watch party at Rec Room on West Chippewa, and I think it's going to be a damn good time. So that should be my first time in Rec Room. Uh, it's in Step Out Buffalo's top 10 places for Bill's parties, I believe. Definitely check it out, folks. But if you're not in the Buffalo area, make sure you have ESPN on 435 tomorrow. It's going to be a game you're not going to want to miss. Titans and Patriots. Tennessee Titans 9-7, and seven, New England Patriots 12-4. and four. I, I I want to pick Tennessee. I really want to pick Tennessee. And if I do, it is 100% a heart pick. Uh, New England is 12-4, and 6-2 and two at home. You know, they got a 73% chance of winning. Tennessee's only 27. Uh, but is the resurgence of Ryan Tannehill going to be able to get this done, folks? I mean, it could. You know, Tom Brady hasn't looked great. The offense has looked pretty suspect. And Tennessee seems to have a, you know, have to have a new life behind Ryan Tannehill, um, it's hard to bet against the Patriots. It really is. Um, It's never a smart bet to bet against the Patriots. Any Patriots fan, especially Barstool Presidente, will tell you they want you to bet against New England. It's free money. Um, You know, you're not going to make a lot of money betting on New England, but you're never going to win money betting against them. Uh, Might as well put your money where your mouth is. Put the money on New England, who's the minus 235 money line. Five-point spread. I would give Tennessee the five-point spread. I think it's going to be close. I could see Tennessee losing by a couple of points, maybe a field goal. Um, looks like the weather in Gillette is going to be a little crappy, so it's going to be like 56 and rainy. Um, hey, crazier things have happened for the Tennessee Titans, but you know, if you're if you're a betting person and you want to know where to put your money, it's not going to – I don't think it's going to be on Tennessee, folks. Uh, Titans last five, they beat Houston by 21. That's another thing. You know, Tennessee beat Houston at home. Yeah, Houston rested a lot. I get it. Um, but Tennessee looked great. Uh, Tennessee lost to New Orleans. They lost to Houston about three weeks ago, uh, two weeks ago. And then they beat Oakland and beat Indy. Patriots last five dropped at home against uh, Fitzmagic and the Dolphins. Beat Buffalo, beat Cincy, lost to Houston, lost to Kansas City. Um, so I will give Houston credit. You know, they beat New England uh, at home. You know, they, Houston was home. Um, and then they beat Tennessee on the road. So really, when Houston wasn't resting people, they beat two pretty good teams. Um, this is going to be an interesting matchup, though. I, I'm really excited for this. Um, I think the night game, you know, I wish the Bills-Texans was the night game. Doesn't surprise me that it's, you know, Patriots-Titans. Give them the night game. I get it. Um, but I think I think you're gonna have a pre- really interesting matchup. So, um, if you're looking for me to make a pick, I'm going with New England. Not happy about it. Don't feel great about it, but it is what it is. Now we move to Sunday, the fifth, one o'clock. Minnesota Vikings ten and six versus the thirteen and three New Orleans Saints. Um, this is in New Orleans. A little rematch up of the Minneapolis Miracle. Um, New Orleans given a sixty three per. 63% chance to win. 
uh, given to the 30, what is that, 37%, if I can do math right, for Minnesota. Um, cheapest ticket for this game in the Superdome is $90, so a little bit more competitive than some Sabres tickets. Um, granted, that's just the market with playoff football, but New Orleans has some pretty great fans as well. Let's look at the passing yards for Minnesota versus New Orleans, folks. Kirk Cousins, 3,603 yards, 26 touchdowns, to Drew Brees, 29-79 with 27 touchdowns. Um, I believe it was the top six, top five or six QBs in passing yards this year did not make the playoffs. Um, number one and two, Dak and Jameis. Well, Jameis joined a 30-30 club, and no one ever thought that would ever happen. Um, and Dak didn't uh, make the playoffs. So, goes to show you don't need to ultimately rely on 5,000 passing yards a year to make the playoffs. Just might not get it done. You look at a team like New Orleans. Drew Brees didn't even pass for 3,000 yards this year. 13-3, and three, folks. Granted, Drew Brees probably would have passed for a lot more. No, he's out for a little bit. Teddy had to step in. Honestly, shout out to Teddy Bridgewater for keeping the Saints where they are. Um, so, Drew Brees, I mean, he missed, what was it, about four or five games? He might be up where Kirk Cousins is, you know, maybe upper 30, upper 3,000s, maybe. Um, but I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's what's going to win you games. And, you know, what what really is going to be the most important piece, in my eyes, is Minnesota's rushing attack. Dalvin Cook had 1,135 yards, 13 touchdowns. Alvin Kamara, 797, five touchdowns. You know, it's going to be interesting. I, I think the Saints are going to do it in the air with Michael Thomas. Um, he had 1,700 yards to Stephon Diggs, 1,100. Uh, Diggs had six touchdowns to Michael Thomas's nine. Uh, so, I mean, you know, when you have the receiving title, you're going to get it done. Uh, Drew Brees didn't need to do it all himself. But Michael Thomas is going to be the one to help you out. Minnesota Vikings injury report. They've got one, two, three, four questionable. And Mike Hughes, their first-round corner, is on the injured reserve. Saints only have two, Zach Lyon and Eli Apple. Both are questionable. Um, you look at the last five. Vikings lost to Chicago, lost to Green Bay, beat the Chargers, beat Detroit, lost to Seattle. Saints got four wins against Carolina, Tennessee, Indy, and Atlanta. Dropped the 48-46 shootout to San Fran. Honestly, folks, again, I'm never going to bet on Kirk Cousins in a big money game. Man's, I think, 0-9 or lost his last nine, whatever it is, in Monday Night Football. I'm not buying it. Not going to get it done. Give me the Saints all day. Uh, you know, Saints are going to move on. I don't think it's really much of a competition. Uh, Saints are the minus 420 favorites by seven and a half point spread. I think this is going to be a game, folks, that it looks like it's going to be closer than it really will be. Um, I see the Saints winning this. Uh, crap, what even is the over under? 49 and a half. I could see this being a, you know, a 35 to 20, 35 to 21. Um, I don't think it's going to be that close, folks. I think Saints take this pretty handedly. Last but not least, the last game of Wild Card Weekend, Seattle Seahawks at my Philly Eagles. Um, this one's going to be interesting, folks. Philly is actually given 60.3% chance to win to Seattle's 39.7. Uh, Seattle's 11-5, 7-1 on the road, though. 
You know, Philly is nine and seven, just barely won the division, five and three at home. I think it's going to be interesting. Really, folks, I think this is the most expensive of the wild card weekend. Tickets as low as $127, according to Vivid Seats. Um, Seattle is technically the betting favorite. They're given one and a half point spread. Uh, money line minus 130. Over under at 45 and a half. Again, comparing the passing yards, folks, Carson Wentz has looked like a completely different man. An absolute franchise quarterback the last few weeks of the season. You know, Carson Wentz finished with 4,039 yards to 4,110 from Russell Wilson. Miles Sanders, who's questionable for the game this week, um, I think he's going to make it. I think he'll play, um, but he had 818 yards compared to Carson's 1230. Um, But obviously, you know, we don't need to really worry about Carson with Marshawn Lynch coming back. Um, And then receiving yards, you got Zach Ertz, who is on the questionable list as well with his kidney and ribs. 916 yards as a tight end compared to Lockett's 1057. It is insane. Folks, the fact that a tight end can put up wide receiver numbers on a regular basis, unreal. Uh, Look at Seattle's last five. They're kind of limping into the playoffs. Seattle lost their last two games against San Fran and Arizona. They beat Carolina and Minnesota, but lost to the Rams. Eagles won four of their last five. They're on a four-game winning streak. Only one they lost was the embarrassing game to Miami. Beat the Giants twice, beat Dallas, and beat Washington. So um, I think we're in for a damn good wildcard weekend, folks. Again, to summarize that all, I'm picking the Bills over the Texans. I'm picking the Titans to lose to the Patriots. Almost had you there. I'm picking the Saints to beat the Vikings, and I'm picking the Eagles to beat the Seahawks. That's where we're at, folks. Quick, I wanted to sum it up to end the episode, folks. This is going to start going back to live videos as well as the podcast. I will have my phone set up to record video. Check it out on YouTube. It's going to go up on Instagram TV as well. I'm going to try and get these uploaded on Facebook. We're going to make the whole video. I got a whole studio set up, and I want to show it off to you guys. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all, and I'll see you next week.